I am unashamed. What about you? Yeah, so I'll, I'll just lead that well, into Well, Phil that. was going to talk about I, the coffee. I know, I'm going to ask him about it. So we got some good coffee here to get us going. We're still in our in our makeshift. This is uh, our last couple of podcasts. Hopefully, Lord willing, if another hurricane doesn't show up, this is uh, our last makeshift uh, WFR. And you think about it, had, my electricity had never gone off for more than an hour in 13 years living up here in town. Right. And then it goes <laughs> off for five days. So everybody's like, well, why didn't you have a generator? I was like, well, for 13 years, I didn't need one. Right. And I'm not sure they'd hold up that much. Well, then, Missy said, let's go buy a generator. Of course, couldn't find one yep. at that point because everybody, right. everybody just, just bought one. And I was like, what are the odds that this is going to happen again? And then what was it, a month later? Yeah, does again. Down for three days. So then I called the energy company because I was like, because right across the street, they got power. I said, what's it cost to get hooked up on that line? You know what he said? You need to go buy it, generate it. <laughs> he said what Dad said. <laughs> I said, well, just give me the number and let me deal with it. He said, I'd go buy a generator. I was like, yeah, but just. <laughs> just for funsies. Just. So I called Missy and told her that, and she's like, I want that number. I was like, babe, what do you mean today? <laughs> it's a big one, I'm sure. So so that was interesting. I told you, I was, we talked about on previous podcasts that we we bought two generators. I mean, we were waiting for them oh, to come off right. the truck. That didn't make me feel very good. And then neither one of them lasted a day. So I load them back up on the truck. Lisa goes out there. Because I told you she was going to get the money back. And I was wrong. She didn't get the money well, back. She comes back with two more brand new generators. But look, you know, look, let me tell you this. I told Missy. Are the same model? Same model, yep. same one. Now, the boxes aren't tore up on this, so I don't know. You know well, Missy picked one out and said, what about this one? I said, nope, don't want that. I said, that's too cheap. She's like, well, why would they be offering it? I said, that's for people who are trying to save some money and buy a generator. Well, after that story happened, yeah. she's like, I guess Al and Lisa were the ones you're talking about. I was like, <laughs> well, can't buy a cheap generator. Our problem was it was the only ones in town, yeah. cheap or not. But look, they, they cost a thousand dollars a piece. Is that I mean, is that cheap on the generator? That's count? cheap. That's is cheap. It? Oh, was that? I didn't know. Yeah. But now we I am getting the big boy at the house. I mean, I'm convinced of that. It may yeah. not happen for another seven years. It's been about six years for me. It may but not I happen. just watched one thing. Unlike every thirteen years, when you get dependent on somebody the Apostle Paul had it right, you know, <laughs> live a quiet life, mind your own business, and work hard so your daily life will win the respect of others so that you won't have to be dependent on anybody. <laughs> so you've got that as an admonition. So you say, well, how often did you did you find yourself in a situation where you would lose power, complete power, gone, and... You had to drag up some. I had like a welding machine. I kept the electricity. However, though, I kept. Phil. I kept the. I had the welding machine. I'd already purchased it. I knew yeah. I had that in case the power went out. Right. So I pulled the welder up there, gasoline job every four or five hours, fill it up again. But we 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 had electricity and first one thing another. So we did pretty well. But from that, I thought, well, for coming to end pretty big bucks, I'll just go top of the line. All, you know, where if my power leaves, a 10-second delay, you don't have power, and then boom, it automatically comes on, 
and that'll run for a month. It's got enough fuel for a month. So I decided that when I'm getting in the generator business, I've noticed, I said, about a couple of times a year, we lose our electricity. Yeah. But I live way out of a subdivision. I'm down there at the end of the road in the woods. <laughs> so the bottom line is when you have to cut your way out for a mile with chainsaws and, and heavy equipment mm-hmm. just to get out, get up the road, it happened to us twice this month, but I already had the generator there prepared for such an event as that, and it might have come along 30 years later, but at least I'd have been sitting there saying, I'm ready, but whatever see, the, happens. What my theory is, the reason you're not dependent on anybody is because the people that are around you are not dependable. Now, it's like your coffee. <laughs> well, you you yeah. told me about this coffee. I'm like, how could a man drink three-year-old coffee? Well, you can tell the story, but you were dependent on someone. A connoisseur of fine coffee, they they never relegate the particular skill set it takes to get a good cup of coffee. It's difficult. Most people, whoa, whoa, what do you do? How many grounds? Why how many grounds? How much water? They don't understand. But this morning I was in a bind because the beavers bored tunnels underneath my levee the six-inch rain come along. They did it when the water was low on the, on the side that we duck hunt. Water was down. So they bored holes, tunnels, all the way through the thing, about three of them, unbeknownst to me. I didn't know they had done that. Well, <laughs> you, you didn't get an email about <laughs> A six-inch rain hits, and the water goes to the top of that levee overnight. What would have taken me a month to pump it in there? The Almighty did it in one night. So I went down there, and I noticed that, of course, I opened it wide open and just let it blow out. But I looked on the left-hand side of that pipe, and I saw a big ball there. I thought, hmm. So I said, hmm. I said, that looks like that's not going through the pipe. I wonder how it's getting there. Well, as it started draining down, we noticed that when we shut the pipe back down, now we got full stop. Water was still coming out of that ball. And I said, there is a hole through this levee somewhere. <laughs> well, I couldn't see it on, I looked all around, and finally I walked up about 20 yards from where the water was boiling beside the pipe I had just closed. I walked up about, and I was looking out there at that water. I was looking for any kind of swirl or like a little slow commode flush <laughs> circle. I was looking for a circle of water somewhere, I said, because that much water would create. Yeah, such. Its source would tell me. Well, I walked up about 20 yards, and I looked out there, and I saw it was about this big around. It was doing like this, just sitting there. Of course, there's about six feet of water on it, so it was just making a little deal like this. I got red. I called him up, said, get down there with that track hoe. I came down and I walked up. I said, see that little little commode flush there? See that little <laughs> circle? He said, "He said that's where that water 20 yards away. That's where that water's going. I said, it's going through this side right there. I said, you've so got to plug that. And look, it was at an angle, so it was like 20 yards of levee. What right are down we the, using here? Right down the middle of the levee. Concrete, dirt? Down, concrete, dirt, and all. So I got him out there, and I mean, and with... In 30 minutes, he had a trench cut, you know, eight foot deep. I mean, piling on both sides. He was just trying to, to, to from the spot that was twirling, 
he had to dig the whole tunnel up, mm. cave it all back in, pack it down. So that's what I was doing. Y'all called and said, come up here to this. Well, what, I was, how I was the coffee? Where, when did the coffee? Yeah, you said you that, were in a bind. While I was waiting on Red to finish the job so I could come up here to do the podcast, I said, I said, what time you got? He said, it's 1030. I said, tell you what you do. Run back up there at the house, get me a thermos full of coffee, and bring it down here, and uh, I'll have a little coffee here waiting on Red to finish the job. I said, then I'll take off to the podcast. So I send a eunuch <laughs> up to put the coffee bottle. Well, he comes back and has me at the coffee bottle. I looked at it. I said, hmm, that's not the one I've been using. But I said, I guess it's all right. What he didn't realize is the stale coffee had been in this thing for a couple of years. <laughs> you would have thought, I said, fill the coffee bottle up, you know, with coffee. I meant first pour out the old coffee. You would think anybody would know how to do it. Flush it out, put some hot water in the bottle where to heat it up where you have a coffee to stay hot. Yeah. He didn't either. He just he got an old coffee bottle. I've been out there on the porch for about, you know, a couple of years. And, and of course... You say, well, how did you find that out? The, the first little sip, I said, whoa. Because if you look down in a coffee bottle that you don't use for two years with a flashlight, what you'll see is mold at the bottom about this tall, a green mold. And you drank it. I drank one sip of it. I thought, I grinned, and I said, I said, that boy. I said, these millennials, I said, I tell you. And then you thought of that verse, as far as it depends on you, do not be dependent, dependent on, on anybody. anybody. That there was, you go. Because, see, you say, well, how did I know that? Because Jay heard about it and called me and said, Phil drank some coffee that had been in a bottle a couple of years. Ha, ha, ha. But you forgot, if it's possible, try to live at peace with all men. So you said, what did you say that when you saw that? I said, stop. He's younger. He's a millennial. He just hasn't done that. He he hasn't he hasn't made coffee and put it in a coffee. He never had done that. Yeah, well, but, Phil, but Dan's seems... got a bigger disconnect. It's not just he's a millennial. Dan, I mean, he's a the way he thinks. He, he can't. I've never seen anybody in my life. And he's great at what he does I mean, for us, but he doesn't have coffee. any common sense. He is yeah. he is in my line of work. What I do down in the woods this morning. Come up here podcast yesterday interviews talking to people from all over the oh, United he's State. the number one man for me uh, he is he is uh indispensable oh, exactly but phil let me let me so give we're you not a for tip. him but we've got to have a coffee tutorial but can you imagine you know? somebody like that working in a restaurant no but you see, i mean because you know most most people if they found a coffee bottle i don't care if they drank coffee or not they would open it and dump it out, or you know, or at least look and, at and and look at you wouldn't. He never had done that before, <laughs> but I, I'll, there's common sense. Dan's, but yeah, Dan's not like that. Dan's a linear thinker. He's a linear. He doesn't. It was not a game and, changer. And what's wrong with his smelling capability? Because I'm sure if when it's he possible, that top, as if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, try to live at peace with all men. So. I took that, I applied that thing, I just set the coffee bottle in the back. I said, Well, I'll give them a little update on how you how you get <laughs> I the agree, coffee. but but like when you when you take milk, what's the first thing you do? Smell it. You smell it. I mean that's milk one oh one. I would never drink milk that I didn't smell first. You know, Missy, she said, What are you doing? I just bought that milk. I said, I'm smelling it. 
It doesn't matter that you just bought it. All and, the but, old, and then they'll say, but the date on the... I said, it doesn't matter yeah, what the date is. I don't go by the date. I no. go by the All smell. All the old women, they put the smell test to everything like that. Uh, and yeah. you taught us to do it. I always yeah. saw you put the smell yep. test to everything. And I do the same thing. I, I smell every chicken that we eat. I hold my package up, put the smell test. Mm-hmm. Me too. Amazingly, I would say maybe in 50 years, half a dozen. You smell? It's not many. Whoa. <laughs> Wrong. Yeah. Out it goes. <laughs> but if I'd have got it all cut up and cooked without doing that, the smell test is, is something that needs to be done on a lot of different kinds of things. But you know what I just thought about? It may be hereditary for Dan because you remember that story that time when Gary and Pam lived here, which Dan would have been a boy. They bought a chicken, one of these cooked chickens, like from the grocery store, and the thing had maggots I remember in it, and they yeah. they ate it until they got out. They're not a redneck. I mean, it's like when you think about. I mean, literally, it was a ruined chicken, and they ate it and got sick with see, maggots the, crawling out of it. What, it what we are labeled affectionately as redneck culture, it's people who live off the land. We realize we're we go hunt animals and we process it, and you realize and how quickly it. things spoil. I mean, you think of—I heard a guy one time. I think he was joking, but he was like, "I mean, who do you think invented milk for human consumption?" He's like, "That's two rednecks in a barn playing truth or dare." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's, let's take a break on that one. So, one of the things uh, that uh, is, is surprising. Uh, and not really to us because we talk about it quite a bit, is that as as something gets more popular and more people do it, it attracts more thieves and people willing to steal. I mean, would you say that's a, a common truth, Dad? It's an age-old truth. Well, now that so many people are on the computer, we've got cybercrime up, 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 like 75%, the FBI says. And one of the things that they're doing is they're finding people's titles to their home uh, online and they're hacking into some bank or some mortgage company. And basically they take your home title and make it theirs. They borrow a bunch of money on it. You foreclose. You never even knew you didn't have your house. I mean, it's a, it's a scary thing when you really think about it. And so we have a company home title lock uh, that has a way to protect your home title. So it's home title lock.com. You register your address, make sure you're not already a victim. Then use the code radio and you get 30 free days of protection just for trying these guys out. So that's hometitlelock.com with the code radio. Or, or I thought the same thing for who's the first guy that tried the egg. You know, a chicken comes by and it comes out of the chicken's butt. And they're like, hmm, that thing oh, may be man. good to eat. I mean, the first that's guy. That's what I'm saying. It, the first guy that tried that, I, my I'll, hat's off to him. I'll they, tell it, you this. It came from people who live like we do. That's right. Who are around animals. And There is an old saying in the redneck world, anything that you don't know what it is, but it's, for whatever reason, has died. Sometimes you shoot it and it dies. You walk up there and you look at it. And if you don't know what it is, you say, I wonder what that is. The next question is always there. I wonder if you can eat that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's how all you know, people things eat that we eat. If you, look at one, if you look at a crawfish crawl by, most people would say, no, no. I don't think so. Most, most people still do. 
you know, that aren't yeah. from around here. Well, I mean, I, my Nicaraguan dog. A frog. She, you look at a frog, you're like, you're going to eat that? Well, when, uh, when, when my Nicaraguan daughter saw those crawfish, because we boil crawfish, I said, boy, you're in, you know, Karina, you're in for a treat. But she's like, well, they're not, they're not ready. I said, oh, no, they're ready. You, you, you participate in the process. You pit, so I showed her how to do it, but she, she, she was scared to touch it. I was like, that, they're dead. No, 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 no good. No, no. <laughs> like, what? Like, when I'm raised a leg or something, yeah. <laughs> I'm not eating that. Well, you're, you're talking about frogs. They actually move, move. around in the in Yeah, the pan, that's where yeah. they got that from. It, I don't, the way their body is constructed. Yeah, they're Even nerve. once you clean them, they're still an occasional. Turkey. Which is kind of freaky because, I mean, if you're like, remember you used to work for that hospital and you yeah. said every once in a while, because you transport the dead bodies, every once in a while they start moving yeah. or passing gas or whatever. Yeah, because your body is still is shutting down. It's you're, you're gone, but things can still happen. And, man, I had this guy, <laughs> Emilio was his name. And, I mean, we were in that elevator and all of a sudden it was just a big, gas and then poop from this dead body and when that elevator opened he he hit the door wide open and he never came back (laughs) (laughs) he was out after that so he lived in my neighborhood and i said did you what where what happened to you last night we worked at night and i said what happened to you last night he said oh bro he had a thick his back i said oh anybody that could Poop like he didn't say poop, but anybody poop like that ain't dead enough for me. Yeah, I ain't going back. Yeah, <laughs> and he never that would, did. That would be weird. Yeah, and they would twitch and stuff like that. Yeah, so I yeah. guess you're right. I guess the same thing. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, I don't know. It's, it's, Dad's the only person in the, in the world that would find a verse that says this is why you need to buy a generator. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> only Dad could find the scriptural background for that statement. That's pretty good. So Jay's uh, Sunday. I preached on John 13. We had technical difficulties, so you didn't get to watch it. But I was, I was watching yeah. until it. But we had just had a hurricane. We've had two hurricanes, and, and somehow we think that's impact for those of you that have been trying to watch. Exact, we apologize. Exact same path. Right. 12 I mean, miles. 12 miles apart. I mean, what are the odds? 12 minutes. But, but of course, then they, saw, they showed one from like a few years ago. I don't remember it. It wasn't that long ago. It's happened before. Yeah, it was in Florida. And literally on that one, I mean, it almost hit exactly like an X. Like one came from this way and one came from this way. I thought maybe it does something to the atmosphere and maybe it just finds like a trough. It could be. Whatever. I mean, I don't know. It just seems weird. What was interesting about these two is that when they came in, they came at the same spot. But that first one, because of atmospheric stuff going on differently, went straight up up through Shreveport and then went across in Arkansas. Mm. Of course, we, that's, we got the worst damage from that one but because it was a more fierce storm. But then that second one, it peeled off and came right across here. I mean, actually right across you. Right across. Came across south of us down there. Really interesting. Um, but anyway, so so we did this. Uh, I did the, the title of my sermon was The God of the Towel. And so for those of you well, watching, I've read I have a book. copy of the book. Yeah. And it's uh, by a guy that we, Jace talks about a lot on the podcast, uh, Jim McGuigan. So I, I thought about the title. Because I was doing John thirteen mm-hmm. from him, and uh, this is a great book on just on God Himself. But then he has one chapter in there that I loved getting to read again about. You know, I haven't that. read it in so long; I can't remember it. Did he make the point? You know, when we went through John thirteen. I made the point that I think when Jesus stressed that he would 
wrapped the towel around him. He got the water. He, you know, I made a point where, I mean, I think it was John's point that the way he fired back at Peter, because he said, unless I cleanse you, you can have no part of me. Right. And I made a point that that's the way we're cleansed. There's nothing we can do. And I think he was setting that president as a precursor to the cross. Did, right. did he make that point? He did. <clears throat> and a couple of things that, that I was going to just, I thought I'd just t- tell you all some of the, what I talked about. Well, and, maybe and, that's and, where well, I got but, the point. No, before you do it. that, I just want to interject here. This whole thing about fruit bearing, uh, I'll just give you from Matthew. Matthew 3, I mentioned this the other day, but this is a little more, little more feel to it. Uh, here comes John the Baptist, and he looks up and he sees Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing. He said, you brood of vipers, who warns you to flee the coming wrath? Now, he goes right directly to this point. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. So the, the understory of fruit-bearing human beings it comes from a, a a change of heart in keeping with repentance. So when you say, so you say, why is it why is it so necessary? Well, that's Matthew three, <coughs> Matthew seven. Jesus said, "Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves." And he makes a an incredible statement. But you think about it logically, you say, you know, he's on to something there on how you can tell who the false prophets are and who the godly are. How do you tell? He said, by their fruit, you will recognize them. And he says, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? He said, no. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit. If you recognize a if you recognize a human being and what they're made of and who they are, you say, just watch what they are doing from day to day to day to day. Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. It is critical when you read all these texts, by their fruit you will recognize them. Now that's twice he said you will know an individual by his, the fruit he bears. For example, if filth is coming out of a man's mouth and he's claim, claiming, it's just filth out of his mouth, but if he claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you're like, no, well, nope. If, if that's the way you recognize someone, what fruit they're bearing if they're up to no good, it comes forth. If they're given to lying, rioting, looting, shooting, what, what, whatever you just pick the one you want, you're like. But it's not just negative. It's like what to go to Al's point. You don't see these people carrying around a towel, washing people's feet. It, it's nope. just the opposite. Even in the religious world, it's more of you know I'm, I'm using it as an illustration, but it's like they like their feet being washed. Because think about you it. Know. If you see somebody. And then you meet somebody, and then you're with somebody over a period of time. Whoever she is and whoever he is, oh, it's going to come forth. 
And the well, way, usually in about five minutes. It, yeah. Well, well and the way, right. it, it may take a little time. You yeah. say, but the fruit they bear, Al, no matter what happens, that's how you're going to recognize them. Exactly. They either have it or they don't. So it, well, when well, you look at a text that says, but the fruit of the Spirit, after he gave the, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious, and he goes through the list. All this divisions, dissensions, factions, envy, orgies, goes through the whole list. Then he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. You say good fruit. Joy, uh, good fruit. That's why when you see angry people and you wonder why, that's the fruit they're bearing. They're angry, and you say they have fruit. The fruit of anger is coming out of them. Instead of peace, you see there's always this friction with them. With That's each right. other, with other people, you're like, well, you just add them all up, love, joy, peace, patience, people that, you know, throw a flipping to the bone going down the road, and, and you say, what in the world? Love, joy, peace, <laughs> patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. So now they even to the point in America where women are offended if you open the door or if you say something like, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. They're like, hey, don't be telling. They, you don't talk to me like that. Don't call me, ma'am. <laughs> so they're taking away little acts of kindness. We're from the South. When I'm talking to this older woman or whatever, I'm like, yes, ma'am. Uh, how's it doing? Thank you, ma'am. I'm doing it as a term of endearment, and they're <laughs> and saying respect. Hey. <laughs> and respect. And respect. Yeah. And it's so funny. Uh, let's take another break. One of the things we talk about uh, on here and remind you guys of is that we have a network, uh, Blaze Media, which has Blaze TVs under that. And they're the reason why we're able to have this podcast, Unashamed. And also, they're the reason that we have In the Woods with Phil. And so we let you know whenever they give uh, like a discount. And they've got a really good one up until the election. They're trying to get more folks over to check out Blaze Media and Blaze TV. Basically, you get $30 off your annual subscription, which is a huge savings. That's five seventy five a month. Which how much is a can of snuff these days, Jay? Four or five bucks. There you go. Yeah. So it's about the about the price of a, a, a can of snuff for you dippers out there. It's a, inexpensive. It's a great network. Not only do you get Dad Show all episodes, however there many there is, six hundred episodes plus. Plus you get Marco Vin, you get Glenn Beck, everybody that's on the network. So we wanted to get you guys to go check those guys out. Uh, Blaze TV. Uh, dot com and uh, check that out. Also have unashamedmerch.com if you're looking for hats or shirts or things that have unashamed on there as well. So check them out. So they'll even take good fruit, Al, and turn it into bad fruit. Well, and you're right. And I've heard this argument before about that, about the ma'am and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and like, I guess it's maybe... You know, a, Trey Gowdy, South Carolina Southern boy, you know, he yeah. says, yes, ma'am. I heard him say that. Yeah, I'm he like, does all the time. And that, But people from up north tell me that, yeah, who are believers, but they, they tell me that, like, it's a sign of disrespect, which I can't... I, I can't well, they say because it makes them old. Is that what it is? That's what I heard. Oh, I don't know. <coughs> Look, I'm, not, I can't a, I'm not an authority on... I'm sure somebody... No, it doesn't change their years on the earth. <laughs> Well, typically, no, Phil, I'm just telling you what I heard. I don't agree. I, I think it's the dumbest I'm thing just, ever. I'm just yeah. saying. You do typically you do it yeah. to older people. Know. People are older than you. That is true. I wouldn't say that necessarily to a 20-year-old girl. I honestly don't, I don't know. know what the problem is. I don't is either. I, I, somebody in the audience will let me know, I'm sure, but because I can't figure it out. It now, doesn't. The, I don't see where how it 
is disrespectful. Well, I, I know one thing in our culture here in the South, it is very much meant as a respect. They call it, what are they calling it now? Mansplaining? Mansplaining. Yeah. Mansplaining. That's the latest. Well, the opening the door is, yeah. But I've you know, I, I would that. open the door. Like if I'm about to walk in the convenience store, somebody's walking up, male or female. Agree. I hold the door open for I'll open the door. I mean, I, that, so this has nothing to do with gender. It's not just, I just do it for the ladies. I would do it for well, anybody walking up. But a guy in New York told me one time, he's like, it's just because you're taking the time. We don't like that. We want to be walking apart from each other with our head down, and we don't want anybody. Kind of what you were reading about, don't be dependent on anyone. They don't want you opening the door. They took that verse, theoretically. The thought of it, yeah. And went crazy with it. They're like, we don't want you opening that is the door true. for us. That is true, Jace, that people in huge cities, from my observation, I've never lived in one, are the least community people you've ever seen in your life. So you walk to a door, yeah. you walk to a door, and and you look around, and there's a woman coming with a bag of groceries or, or a kid, and you hold the door open. Or they're saying, no, no, you don't do that. Uh, so you just walk through it. And who cares who's behind you? A lot of doors slam rather heartily. So a door <laughs> slams in the face, and you're going to try to make the argument to me that, that there's something wrong with you standing there instead of the door slamming in their face. You let them walk by, and then you release the door going about your business. And you're trying to tell me there's something wrong. It's the, the age-old thing about when they start calling right wrong and call what's wrong right. Yeah, That's uh, that's pretty well sums but it you, up. But you nailed it because it really is about kindness. I, I love somebody's doing ads. You, y'all have seen them before. They're like PSAs where the big old huge burly guy's on a bus and there's a little old lady and there's people standing on the bus and, and he sits there. It's like acts of kindness or whatever. And then he says, man, would you like my seat? And, and she sits down in his seat, and he grabs the thing. And that's the it. That was just the commercial. But it was like, I love that. So if kindness that's, is— That has nothing to do with gender. That's just something I think it's a cultural if, thing. If kindness is, in fact, fruit of the Spirit, what they're, uh, what they're backing and what they're pushing forward, what's, what's the fruit? The fruit of what? Rudeness. Huh? But they like it. That's, that's what you that's don't what I'm understand. Saying. Yeah, they, but, but when you flip kindness on his head, or you say "ma'am," or you open the door for somebody, and they're finding fault with that, fault finders. When you see that, you're like, well, "Where are they getting their ideas from?" Well, it's well, not the Bible. But, but Miss and I argued every time we went to New York because I'd go into a coffee shop, why well, start talking to people because I like people. I like talk. We're waiting in the line. <laughs> well, but they're we're not. Waiting. They're not talking to me, and she she'll whisper and say. Please quit talking to these people. And I'm like, I'm 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 trying to make conversation. What what's up with you? Why, why are you in a bad mood? And she's like, This is New York. They don't want you to talk. They're they're scared of the way you look anyway, overall. And they just don't really care for your southern conversation. Because people say, Well, you have an accent. I was like, Well, I was gonna say the same thing with you. Right. I'm I'm going back to John the Baptist and Jesus. Bear good. <laughs> it's how it's how people recognize who you are. Yeah. You know, so if you so if the worst claim you ever have when you get to heaven and you say, Well, I notice you were really you opened the door for women, older people, you 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 respected all men. That's kind of what I think the goal is. I think some of it though feels just personality. It's like some of my wife's family 
you know, they're kind of syrupy, a little too syrupy for me. You know, it's like, I feel like if if a guy comes up, even though we're family, and is like, you know, telling me they love me in a in a nice way and just kind of rubbing my shoulder, I'm like, you know, this is this is too much. Little touchy, well, right. So what I'm saying is, but because we're the least touchy feeling people on the planet, the three of us sitting. This this argument came up. Well, he's he has a good heart. He's trying to do how he feels is showing the fruit of the spirit. But I'm like, back off a little bit. So then Missy was she made this this point to me. She's like, well, that's the way people feel in New York when you're just saying, Hey, how y'all doing? (laughs) Well, maybe you have a, so I'm, it may not be so much a heart. If you have a stem winder of a hairdo (laughs) and you're female, a stem winder, a stem winder. Never heard that word in my life. Well, let me give you a little insight of what it looks like. (laughs) Is that a word? I'm looking at the hairdo. And first of all, it's it's either bright orange and a, or, or whatever, purple and it's cut on both sides. There's locks going here and there. I usually say, now, honey, that is a hairdo right there. How long did it take you to do that? And they'll laugh and they'll say, hour and a half. I said, so it took you an hour and a half to get that looking like that. I said, that is quite the hairdo. I'm bragging on the woman. I got this spelled wrong. It says stem winder and entertaining and rousing speech. That's what it. That's or what it literally means. But a watch but, wound by turning a knob, which on the is end of a which stem. is saying, "Wow, what a hairdo!" That's so, a stem one. Right. It's a, the the actual meaning is about a speech, but it could apply to that. But what's funny is that so you're what you're thinking the same thing I think I do the same thing that if you you did that that you want people to notice. Cause uh, I think so. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't do the stem winder with the pink and the purple and all that. So I always comment on it because I'm thinking, you know what? I guess they want us to say something because most people don't have pink hair. These days in America, when it comes to hairdos, I- I'm afraid we've, we're the best in the world at top this. <laughs> well, and, and I'm wanting to know how they did it. To be, I mean, to be honest, actually, Dad, it started in Europe. We picked it up from the... You already, right? you already see them over in Europe, and they were doing it a long time ago. What, what's this? No, the the crazy hairdos, the spiked hairdos. Remember, I mean, that goes back 20, 30 years I usually years say something. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I mean, I like what, that's crazy. But, and there again, this I, well, is like, why do you have to say it? Everybody sees it. Why do you have to say it? See, I, 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 she I spent a lot of time Right, I think she wants you and to I'm say like, something. You, that definitely stands out. If that's what you were going for, so let's, it, let's, let's take another. And break. you did it! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> back to what we we're talking about a minute ago, Dad. So I had a next door neighbor years ago, and they moved down here from Illinois, and um, they were, you know, and yeah, if somebody moves in, I instantly go over, and, and they were not nice initially just kind of standoffish and you know say hey we, anything we can do to help you you know we probably took them something you know it's just kind of neighborly you know what we do here and uh so we kind of started getting to know him through the through the son who who later we led to christ who's a member here at, at wfr he married a girl from here but it was really interesting once we got to know them better <clears throat> she she's explained to me where they were from in illinois you just didn't just what jason said you didn't talk to people you didn't ask some questions because when she got here she hated it when she first went to work because she said, they just come in and start grilling me with questions. And I was like, 
like what? And they were like, how are you doing? And, and you know, <laughs> what? I mean, she goes through this. How is your day? Yeah, exactly. Just like typical remarks you would talk to somebody. At so work. if I said to somebody, they walk by, hey, how's it going? And they're like, and they're mad. She hated it, like at first. It, it, it was funny because through the years. How's it going means. Yeah. That's yeah. like, hey. That's what I'm not. saying. Is it. There's a difference but between she, she a heart took that issue. As a, she took that as an interrogation because people were yeah. just being friendly talking to her. Is it a heart issue or is it a culture issue? Where, I mean, well, I think what you're saying, in, in light of the towel washing, that he was saying it, you see very few people who humble themselves are doing something that is requires what? I mean, a lot of uh, humility and... I mean, it's dirty, and I mean, I'd feel uncomfortable about washing somebody's feet. Well, especially I, <laughs> y'all's. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to wash mine. Well, and back and to wrap her up. So, what, what was interesting is I lived next door to him for a couple of years, and then we built another house and moved away. But her son was led to Christ, and still is a great, solid guy here. And then eventually, she returned to her faith through the years of being here, and she was softened with that person that first got here. But to your point, it really was as much about not having the Holy Spirit and and not being able to bear that fruit as much as it was a cultural that, thing. That, that's I mean, raised And then I spoke that. at her funeral. I, I did her funeral. Right. I mean, it's like criticism. Nobody likes criticism. I mean, you can imagine from as many people who listen to what we talk about, and we get stuff wrong, and oh, yeah. people, you know, they'll send us emails or whatever. We've all all seen them. And to me, it's like, well, a lot of times the argument, if it's just an argument, I'm like, yeah, you're right. We had that, me and Zach, you know, got into it about football. I, I got to thinking about it. He's probably right. Right. But I'm so frustrated because I just like the game that it frustrates me that people are using that. Right. But so, if y'all remember. But, 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 Phil, let me finish my point. But if somebody sends me an attack deal, if they immediately get personal, if they're like, I don't agree with you, well, that's fine. Because I just said, that's probably wrong on that one. But when you get personal then and say, but you're a self-righteous, no good first Well, whatever you're going to say, I'm out. Because the fruit of this confrontation is all bad. Yep. There, it crossed a line, which is my point. You can see this in every situation in life, not just bad, but in conflict. Right. And, I mean, you know how that is. Yep. So that's all I wanted to say, Phil. Well, I, I was just saying, uh, you know, uh, the Apostle Paul to Timothy, uh, what did he say? Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments <laughs> because you know they produce quarrels. You just summed up my whole life, Phil. Well, I appreciate I mean, it. But that's a far cry from... Oh, from now, I remember when y'all were... Boys, young boys, one of the things I told y'all in lieu of, uh, you know, obey your teachers, I said you'll have some great teachers, you'll have some teachers that are pretty good, and you'll have some poor ones. I said, obey them all. I said, you're there, they're there, they may not be the greatest teacher in the world. I said, show a respect. And I also told y'all, respect older people. Yep. I said, as a rule, just just respect them. Mm-hmm. Now, they can say what they want to, but when I see younger, you know, junior high kids, yes, sir, Miss Robson, yes, sir, and they're saying sir to me, I take that as that boy's got, he's got a good heart. 
Yeah. I mean, that tells you a lot right. about a young buck that's in the eighth grade, but he's very respectful toward yeah. the people mm-hmm. around him. Yeah. Now, they can say what they want to about bearing <laughs> fruit, but that's good fruit. I don't care what they say. Well, Phil, it's I think good it, fruit. I think and, it comes down to, you got John 15, but you just think about what we just had. In John 13, Jesus basically said we need a world full of feet washers. And in John 8, he said we got too many rock throwers. And when you think about what the problem is in, in our culture, in, our, our, in America, we got way too many rock throwers and not enough feet washers. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that, that's across the board. That's but on but the, the, the issue we were speaking of is the produce fruit in keeping with repentance. You're like, hmm. So I'm just saying take all the school children – the young ones in the grade school, the junior high and the high school, and don't forget the college crowd. If you looked at it, just step back and looked at it on what they're not teaching. Guys, they're not teaching respect for older people, being kind to your neighbor, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, holding the door open, keeping your mouth shut and not. I mean, if you just look at it, I wonder if it would help if we had some type of, Used to, the code was there without anybody saying it. Right. When we were younger, <coughs> oh, we respected teachers and older people and law enforcement and anybody else who was older than you. We respected them. We were taught that. Well, we were. Uh, let's take a look. Another break. But We've lost mem- that. Well, you remember America. we talked about it with uh, Lieutenant Colonel West up in the previous podcast, and he he outlined it perfectly as we moved away from the biblical roots and, and traditional families. And all that was so tied into our culture. There was a time where you it, you would have expected that at any classroom or whatever. But now we're moving away generationally where you got more and more people that don't know the root. Remember, it's all about the vine in, in John 15. Yeah. And so if, you're, if you don't even know about the vine, how could you ever produce good fruit? I mean, yeah. that, that's what you're seeing. So, There's my point. But you had to plug people back into you it. You made my point. It took you and old Jay's as best. It took you all about 20 minutes to get it, but I think you got it. <laughs> I got it. I got it right off the bat. Instantaneously. I was just offering some thoughts. We were, we were giving some underpinnings. <laughs> I was trying to make the whole book of John, I mean, look at it from an overview. Okay, yeah, we're to the bearing fruit, but, I mean, what about these other things? But it, it just was, struck me, why would John the Baptist... Without any explanation, just say, you bunch of brood of vipers, you know, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Yeah. I mean, and they were people who were anti-Jesus. And, yeah. I mean, look. They well, were and they out. were perceived, to Jason's well, point earlier, they were perceived as being the most religious people. Yeah. But, Phil, in our offendable world, I see why it happened. Look, the last time I spoke, not just what few, I can't keep up with how long. It wasn't very long ago. <laughs> Well, I had a guy there. He after it was over on the way out, he's like, "Now, I, y'all, y'all know what I, I I got one speech, and it's ninety nine percent about Jesus." Would, would you call it a stem winder? Oh, by the way, <laughs> let me read this. Look, let me read this because I had it pulled up when I read this while ago. Look, a stem winder. Uh, it says when you're listening to one a stem winder, it feels like time has stopped. And you may check to see if your watch needs resetting. <laughs> but used correctly, the word describes a rousing speech. So you're so caught up in the speech that you literally think yeah. 
that time. Well, we've said still. Well, I thought about Jesus when he said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why everything he said literally was a stem winder. Oh, that's right. you're like, yeah, well, yeah. He, he's eternal, and he's giving you some some inside secrets to right. life. That's right. But look, I so I speak. So this guy hollers at me. He's like, I don't think you know. Next time, lay off the drinking. And I thought that's weird. So I stopped when I heard that. I mean, I'm literally walking through the kitchen to the to the car because when I'm over, and I was like, do what now? And he's like, well, you may offend somebody. It'll help you. Just thought I'd let you know that. So I was like, what did I say about drinking? <laughs> but I tell, you know, in my speech, I tell your story about, you know, here's a man pre-Jesus. He was drinking way too much, mm-hmm. you know, and I go through all that. So then I share about the transformation. I spend 99% of it on why the transformation occurred, which is Jesus. I go through the Bible. What's the point? Jesus, mm-hmm. he's coming. He's here. He's coming again. Well, when I get to the end, I talk about when Jesus is real, Things change to get to your point about John the Baptist. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Repentance is a decision to change. So now, if you believe Jesus is real, He is the Son of God. He's all knowing, all powerful. You, you're introduced by Him. Well, things should change. Well, I use that as as an example. Now, granted, where I spoke last time, it was not a church event. I would say a few of the people had drank too much. Right. Well, I I made a comment about speaking at that. Uh, fundraiser for the for the trumps that i did yeah. now there most people had had way too much drink so i made a little funny joke that was like they were had had too much to drink and too few of clothes and i was talking to the women i was like they needed more i think that's what i said more clothes and less drink because <laughs> i wasn't even sure they would understand what i was saying right but then i quoted the passage in ephesians so i'm high on jesus About the don't get drunk yeah, yeah. So that was my deal, but I got to thinking, now he heard that whole lesson, and he concluded, that's too much on drinking. And I thought, he, he, he's not, he, he missed something. I don't even think it's wrong to drink, you know. But I was looking at a few of the people, and by their fruit, I realized there were some people in that audience that had had way too much to drink. If you get up and take two steps and fall over and, and everybody you, laughs, you've had too much. And the reason you're saying it, that is that by their fruit, yeah. you can recognize them. That's right. When you get a bunch of that people. That was my point. And they get drunk up. I, ever, when I used to get drunk up, the last thing you're ever going to see is any kind of Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, right. and self-control. I think the, coming out of that. Yeah, I that's think my the point. guy said it because when I picked up the Bible, because we I did the duck call. I told y'all about that yeah. in the previous podcast. But when I picked up the Bible, there was three or four people who got up and left that didn't want to hear it. And so he was probably thinking, if you hadn't have been offensive on the drinking, they might not have left. But I didn't. All I did was say basically your story but uh i should have just said hey i ain't got a problem with drinking just when you drink too much your fruit is not helping you uh, that's a dead end you're gonna wind up dead in prison in a 12-step rehab program well it was like you described with dad i mean just from our own experiences you know he had to he had to leave a lifestyle to get to jesus to then be changed to be different. I mean, right. you know, so because you, if you hadn't have stepped away from that lifestyle of the people and the fruit that you were bearing, 
you would have never been able to be introduced to Christ. But, so, but the reason was, that's my point. So as you said, took you 20 minutes, took y'all <laughs> about a year and a half to get my point. It doesn't matter what behavior you insert in there. I could have inserted anything. You could list a fruit a mile long. We've talked about all kinds, good or bad. If you don't have Jesus and he's not real to you, the fruit that's going to come out is not going to be real anyway. People forget that I didn't forget my past, and the last thing you'd have seen me do is hold the door open for somebody, but... Oh, I'd have a man for himself, no, right. have a woman for himself. <laughs> I wouldn't have held the door open, and I wouldn't have called you sir or That's ma'am. Right. No, there was none of that with me, none. Right. So I just remember the fruit that I bore that leads to death. I remember that fruit, and when I repented, I just started, in keeping with repentance, I started bearing good fruit. Right. I mean, to me, it's common sense. And you're right. And for those that we didn't give you the exact passage, but those of you that want to look into that, I encourage you uh, this week to read Galatians 5, 16 through 26. Yeah, look up fruit in, in your concordance. Yeah, or do a, do a fruit study. That's look, right. look up James fruit. 3 has another one. Where when you get done, get yeah. back with me on whether we should be nice to women and open the door for people. There's and, a lot of people. Kind to old men and women, right? right? There's a lot of paragraphs in the Bible that has, here's what you were, here's yeah. what you are. Right. There, there's tons of them. So, I mean, here, the list, you need to, nothing wrong with lists. But my point is that we're not policemen. We don't go around and try to sanction every behavioral issue because in, in the end, we're all flawed and we're all going to mess up. But there is fruit, good and good and bad. I mean, not doing the bad and doing the good is what I mean. That and what comes the, what, out what of the guy. What the guy missed with you is you, you never claim to be the judge. You just work for the judge. Well, right. I mean, I'm, the the yeah. judge of people's hearts is not us. Mm-hmm. Like, even if we see fruit and we think, hmm, boy, that little gal there or that old boy there. But even then, I'm not condemning. I have, I'm just a, I would say I'm it an was, observer. It was a strange confrontation. <laughs> Look, you is. know what my assistant, she said? She said, you must have hit a nerve with him. <laughs> I thought, well, that's what I thought too. So. Here it speaks of the fruit of the righteous that we may offer the fruit of our lips, reap the fruit of unfailing love, showed me a b- book at a basket of ripe fruit, producing fruit in keeping with repentance. Want me to uh, and what Jesus said, by this, uh, by their fruit, you will recognize them in Matthew 7. Good fruit, a bad tree, bears bad. And you just start down the list. It's mentioned in Romans, Galatians, Philippians, Colossians, Hebrews, James, Jude, and Revelation, producing fruit. So I'm just saying... The old, my overall view of fruit is people need to bear a certain kind of fruit, and the fruit had better be good fruit, not 40, bad. 48 minutes later, we got the point, which is awesome because we're out of time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube, and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.